0: Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL draft is officially open. Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Benjamin Solak. No Trevor Sikkema this week. Uh, it's off-season time for the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. We get like three weeks a year. We take them very seriously. Uh, so I think Trevor is golfing today. It's Monday. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's golfing somewhere uh, beautiful in, in Carolina. I am instead uh, joined by a wonderful football mind and a good buddy of mine, uh, Nate Tice of The Athletic Football Show on Twitter at Nate underscore Tice. Uh, who's currently enjoying i'm sure the beautiful weather in las vegas how what is it five bajillion degrees right now it, it actually is
1: it, it's mm-hmm. the fun's over it's so like the the bright side of living here is you do actually get a little bit of a winter like it can snow here but it's like yeah. it's like a week you know and then instead as opposed to the minnesota winters that i grew up whether it's negative 10 wind chill every day and everything like that we get the 115 degree heat and like It's a hundred here that feels like ninety, and then this week, this week though, it's going to be 115, like a high of 115. It's like okay, so I'll be inside a lot (laughs) this this week. Yeah, Yeah, we had
0: record highs in Michigan for the month of May, and it was just devastating. It was a freezing cold April, and it was a terrible May. Uh, But you said you said your Minnesota winners. This is your first time unlocked on. So for the people. Tell them who Nate Tice is because Nate Tice is a very fun and interesting story. Nate Tice is kind of the man, um, but you've never been on the show before, so why football? Nate Tice, <laughs> emphasizing the last name.
1: Um, it's kind of the family business. Uh, when I would, uh, I, I, my dad was a player. He played for the Seahawks, Vikings in Washington, uh, about fourteen years, and then he started coaching from for the Vikings right after his uh, playing career ended. Uh, which is very rare. Like I, I, at the time, I thought that was very normal that you just finish playing, you play in the NFL for 14 years, and then you just start coaching. Like that's just normal, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> um, so he uh, he got into coaching. He he was a offensive line, a head coach for the Vikings. He bounced around Falcons, uh, Jaguars, Raiders, and then myself. I played at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, my claim to fame, I was Russell Wilson's backup, uh, mm-hmm. which was, he, it, it took about three plays for him to beat me out. I'm not, I wasn't, I'm not ashamed of saying that because it was, it, it's a, it, how impressive he is now. That's how impressive he was at Wisconsin.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but
1: after that, I followed Paul Chris to Pitt. I was a GA there. And then, uh, I was, I've been a scout and coach for the Atlanta Falcons and Oakland Raiders, who are now the Las Vegas Raiders. But, mm-hmm. and then I started tweeting <laughs> and then here I am now. Here I am now. Always,
0: always that watershed moment. And then, tweeting and and that changed tweeting. everything i
1: had an account since college i never used it i never ever used it i was like i would tweet once in a while stupid joke about the mariners and i was like you know what? i'm not with the team my dad's not with the team anymore let's just let's just let these takes fly mm-hmm. <laughs> and i got a lot of useless knowledge and let's just like let's just let it go and uh you know football twitter has been actually i i've gotten so much more out of it than I ever thought I would. And it's just so much fun. Including free board games. Including free board games. It's actually now I've peaked. I've peaked. You know, I I I got free board games. I got free merch. That's that's gonna be it for me.
0: So yeah, no, but Nate at Nate underscore Tice is the the main follow. And the reason we're doing this show with Nate is because of what Nate is like on Twitter, which is that it'll be the middle of June and everybody's on vacation, everybody's doing this and that. And Nate's just tweeting clips of a week five game between the Falcons and the Bucks because that's what it is to be a football guy. It's just, right, game pass, and here we go. <laughs> so here we go. So I, d- I DM'd Nate, and I was pretty much like, do you want to come on our Mock Draft Monday show and just draft? I basically, I, I framed it as, like, risers, but basically just, like, who are players yeah. recently drafted who we got to talk about because we talked about them during the whole cycle, and then they got into the league, and maybe they weren't immediately impactful and they had a little bit of an arc or they had an injury or whatever and now they they are really stepping into their role and so they're kind of rising up and we think that they will be more in the national conversation uh after this upcoming season i basically dm nate and said come and talk about some players you want to talk about and that's that's a that's a very easy thing uh to dm to nate and so <sighs> It is Mock Draft Monday. It's not really a competitive Mock Draft Monday. Usually Trevor and I are like trying to beat each other. But uh, the first pick goes to you. And again, it's just I want to hear a young player that you think I need to know about and the people need to know about. Nate Tice on the clock.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with probably my favorite player I watched this offseason other than uh, uh, one guy we talked about. I'm not sure if you're going to mention him. But uh, uh, <laughs> but that's uh, Darnell Savage for the yeah. safety for the Green Bay Packers. And honestly, I, I knew he's a guy I've never studied until this month really uh and it's just got always popped always flashed on film and then we associate the Packers defense kind of being you know fun chaotic but also holes in it but the holes will come in the run game and that's I think it's going to leave now that uh Patton's gone (laughs) but but with Darnell Savage is that he is the epitome of a two-way safety when we did on the athletic football show we did our non-quarterback draft I only had two safeties even on my final big board that we did and it was uh um, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Darnell Savage. Because I think mm-hmm. Savage is just going to be – he's going to send to that elite tier if he's not there. He's basically there already. Like, if you watch this guy, he is a two-way safety, which is what you want now, especially as teams are going to be more quarters or more too high where the safety – it's not going to be the Seahawks where it's going to be the Earl Thomas in the post and and, and, and the, the big safety and camp chancellor in the box. Like, they have to be up and down. They're going to be more like Jordan Simmons, you know, from the Broncos, where it's going to be mm-hmm. you can play deep, you can cover, you can cover guy and man. But, I mean, if you watch the clips, I mean, there is just, like, against the Titans, he's covering Johnny Smith in the slot. The next play, he's in the post, and he's running down and filling the run, and it's just perfect. Like, everything is perfect. It's in control. It's athletic. There's burst. So, he has the athletic ability. He has the IQ. He's been healthy. So, I'm like, I think it's a safe bet he's going to ascend into the national spotlight this year, especially playing for the Packers, who always going to have a spotlight on him. But this is honestly one of my most favorite watches I've had in a while because seeing a true, true two-way safety that can cover, that can tackle, that's willing, a willing tackler, that's another thing. It's not like he's like he, – he was coming up trying to fit up on Derrick Henry, and I was pretty impressed. He can blitz. Um, you know, He can play in the post. Uh, like he has plenty of range. Yeah, just a complete player, and I'm really excited to see what he does in this next year.
0: Yeah. All right, so I want to ask you this because you, right, you brought up in terms of a quarter safety, right? You're gonna yeah. have to play vertically. You have to be able to play deep and come down. We've talked on this show before about quarters coming more prevalent, and more too high stuff. I think about Savage, who's like five eleven, a buck ninety five. Boota Baker, who's also yeah. another like play in the box, play in the slot, play deep guy. It's 5'11", Five eleven, one ninety. I think about Teron Matthew, who I think is like probably one of your archetypes in terms of that versatility, right? Yeah. Five nine, one eighty five the the very common box safety prototype is like oh divine diablos coming out of virginia tech he's 6'3" 225 box yeah. safety right yeah. so is that that i think that like that's probably like your cam chancellor forced kind of idea over the last several years in terms of people want that body type why is it that these smaller players in the, at the safety position are able to play in the box? Is it a, a structure of the defense? Is it just a function of how how clever they are? Like Because we always talk about size prototypes here. It feels like these guys are too small to play in the box. So how are they doing it successfully?
1: I think, well, he's coming from depth a lot of those times. And okay. also, just uh, things are getting more spread out. When Cam Chancellor mm-hmm. came to the league, everything was so much more static. So it's a lot easier to make sure Earl Thomas stays in the post and Cam Chancellor stays in the in the box because you just – hey, they came out, they're three by one. All right, boom. All right, we rotate, we rip Liz. We rotate to that side, cams in the box, yeah. rolls in the post, we're good. Now, a lot more motion. I mean, everybody on mm-hmm. Twitter wants to talk about motion. There's a lot more motion now. Um, and with that is, that those guys just have to be versatile. Like, you just have to be able to do it now because you don't know what the offense is going to dictate towards you. The offense is dictating more for the defense. So what the defense is trying to do now more is be more flexible as opposed to rigid in their calls or or getting caught a little bit. They're having better rules for their stuff. So really having those two-way safeties in a quarters defense, uh, uh, traditional quarters, really what what we're thinking of with Rams and Fangio, it starts in quarters and one guy comes down kind of to fill it up. Mm-hmm. You know, Same difference, though. But with those guys is that they have to come from depth. So as opposed to taking on the blocks all the time in the box, now they right. can come, they can read it, they can maybe just get skinny, they can get around a guard, you know, like if that guy climbs to them. They have just more – it's more uh, uh, find and destroy as opposed to getting the yeah, box right, and right. being a big tough guy. So I think that's maybe more, more si- or more athleticism and toughness as opposed to just mm-hmm. true natural size. So really, it's more yeah. can you bend around these blocks and stuff like that, and it, maybe yes. length. Maybe length is going to matter a little bit too, just so mm-hmm. they have to take on a block and shed it. Right.
0: However, it is that you're right beating the block. But right, I like that a lot in terms of like because you're coming from depth, it's much more so like. All right, you're in the box, but you're, like, way, way at the different times in the box, and you're coming in a little late, as opposed to, like, Cam or Keanu Neal, where it's, like, hey. They're four yards. Inside side linebacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? That's, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You are exactly. lined up, ready to go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, Savage is awesome. I remember when – Savage was the first safety drafted in that class, and a lot of people didn't think that he was going to be that big. I, uh, I always like to say that whenever you have a versatile player like that, there always is, like – an equal but opposite reaction like in order for him to be versatile he has to have another versatile buddy who can like what he's doing a good adrian to amos and yeah. I, I, I and i love adrian amos and he's a very just like rock steady solid player and so you got to have that pairing and i think they do it's a fun secondary
1: green bay it's it really talent. is i know and yeah, with yeah. alexander out there who's a legit top four corner i mean way mm-hmm. you look at it i mean that's that's a, it's really hard to find our two-way safety it's really hard to find a lockdown corner And they have both yeah. of them they got them in the late first so like Bravo to the Packers! <laughs> yeah, well done.
0: Just right. Get, find a linebacker and stop the freaking run. Yeah. Maybe you can get
1: past the NFC Championship game. Yeah. But, 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 but stop having two guys hit the same gap. Like, that's, it, it's pretty bad. So, it's so funny. Like you'll watch the Packers defense. You're like, wow, that's really fun. And then it's like three run plays in a row. You're like, oh my god, did you guys practice once this week? Because it's like guys are misaligned. It, it's it's funny. It's they were one of the funniest defenses to watch because it's brilliant sometimes it just like they look like a high school JV team yep. at other times.
0: I remember the Eagles beating them in, in early 2019 where the Eagles went just wide, wide wing, two tight ends. And the Packers were like, yeah, this is fine. We're playing this in dime. And Philly was like, okay. <laughs> and yeah. then ran zone 40 times, I yep. want to say, and just walked it down no the field. No adjustments. <laughs> it's ter- it was so bad. All right. My first guy, uh, Nate and I love to talk about a 2019 edge named Brian Burns out of Carolina. And I'm not going to talk about him. I'm going to talk about a different 2019 edge. Because when I was looking at Brian Burns stuff, I did not realize how productive this player was. And then I went back and I watched him and he got better. He's definitely improved. That's Montez Sweat, the edge for the Washington football team. And when Montez came out, uh, it was a first round pick and it was, uh, they traded back up for him in the first round and it was okay. The athletic profile is absolutely absurd. You don't see players of this size. very easy to pull Montez Sweat off the film. He's almost 6'6". He's at 84 and 3 inch wingspan, 35 and 3 inch arms. It's all like 95th percentile. He's just absolutely humongous. But when you watch him at Mississippi State, all right, it's a good hustle. And he's, he's a strong guy. He's a good run defender. He knows how to use his length. But as a pass rusher, he was just trying to constantly win the outside arc. He was trying to get to the outside hip. And it's like, all right, you got a huge stride length. If you guess the snap, you're going to beat bad tackles. But he didn't really, like actually bend that well and he tested like well in in agilities he's got great numbers but you watch him he's just too tall and a little bit too stiff he can't get his hips low enough you know what i mean like even if you can reduce that shoulder a little bit you're still a really big boy like you're not gonna like be able to duck underneath the punch and so he was just constantly trying to be this outside arc rusher and you were like dude you have massive you pterodactyl arms just go inside on a guy right just locate the long arm uh nine sacks this past season he has 33 QB hits over the last two seasons which is third only to Brian Burns and Josh Allen who obviously you hear a lot more about those two guys uh if he figured out long arm somebody taught him Tom <laughs> Sula was like hey buddy this is what we're gonna do you go and you watch that second year play and he's just very consistently uh you know three steps up field get that second outside step in the ground and then I'm coming right for your inside shoulder and if a tackle isn't ready for it is a little bit off kilter the length is just debilitating and so he's destroying a lot of pockets he doesn't have super high quality sack production he has 16 sacks over two years which that's again third only to brian burns in this case max crosby because crosby had that that nuts rookie year for the raiders so it's a lot of cleanup stuff it's not necessarily that he's finishing it yet but as you know better than anybody else that edge who can rush a tight arc and get right to the quarterback's uh belly get right to the quarterback's lap is going to create Sacks for other players as well. Yes. The thing about Montes that's really exciting is how good of a defensive line he plays on, which I know isn't like actually about the player, but there's no way he's gonna be getting attention when Chase Young's on the other side and John Allen's rushing from the interior. Right? So you you watch, he doesn't get slides his direction, he rarely gets tight end help his direction, and he's able to get a, a quick, you know, within two second, within two, you know, two and a quarter second win by just going straight through a guy and forcing a quarterback off a set point. Now the ball's not coming out, and now the rush angle's just got a lot easier for the other guys. And so Sweat is a great example of, the numbers are probably a little bit better of a player than he is, but he's very, very valuable for that team for that defensive line right like Jim Tomsula the very famous everybody's gonna eat like he's an everybody's gonna eat sort of a guy because either he's cleaning up an elite Chase Young win or he's moving the quarterback and he's giving you opportunities for your interior guys to go after whatever and everything like that throw in the fact that the run defense remains really strong uh I was watching him against the Eagles they're trying to zone read him with Jalen Hurts he's too big yeah he's too right exactly uh, there's Oh I played this zone read with great technique, and there's oh I didn't, but I'm just huge. <laughs> and so I'll just dive after the running back and tackle him two gaps over. Like that that sort of of. Uh unteachable length is very valuable so he's three down player and he's he's helped for another pass rush uh i think that you know they've moved on from ryan kerrigan and and it's and you know chase young's the big name but i think when you sit down you watch that defense montez sweat's a really important part of that defensive line
1: absolutely and like you say it's such a good fit for what they have i mean they have so much talent they some of those guys better hit how many first rounders they put up there but it, it makes sense because i don't think montez is going to be anything other than a good number two, or a very good number two, I should say. Right. But that's fine. Like, that's still extremely valuable. And it's, like you said, it's perfect for what they have in Washington because there's Chase Young with the bendy stuff or and all the freaky stuff he does. Montez Sweat. Okay, say Chase Young wins right away and forces QB to move up in the pocket. Here comes Montez Sweat or John Allen just pushing the pocket right into him. And I I love it. I I was watching him because we were doing that non-QB draft. Same thing. And there's a couple of plays that he had. It was against San Fran, and it was just like his his effort was great. He runs yep. like a deer. Like it's like his <laughs> leg, <Right. laughs> he's the like you said. It's the weirdest. He's such like his like his legs. His he's, hips, his inseam is humongous. Yeah, he's just it's a tall. Up to his ribs. Dude. Yeah, he's just yeah. tall. It's almost like he's built like a tight end almost. Like you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 this weird thing. But like he can he can bull rush with the best of them because he can do speed to power because he's just athletic. But that's the thing is he has to work on leverage not very crafty he exposes some stuff but he's a very good player and it's going to be one of those guys that he produces i think he's just always going to be a producer he's no matter who is his what's around him what team he's on, what scheme he's in. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a steady, steady presence because those types of guys just are because he's not relying on pure athleticism or anything. It's a combination of everything he's got, which is always fun
0: One thing that I always, like, I strongly believe in is, like, as a defensive lineman, you can learn how to impact passing lanes. Like, you can be taught that. Six pass breakups and a pick this past year. Uh, When you have length like that, you should be no matter what. But you you see him start to figure out, all right, go for my rush, I'm not getting there in time. Eyes up, body up. Hands up. Here comes the throw, and yeah. then hands up, right? And like that, like Shelby Harris is one of my favorite players in the league because Shelby Harris is just w- so good at pass breakups, year after year after year. Yeah. And you watch him, and it, it, it's 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 intentional, it's effortful, and Sweat's got that too. Like I think I think he's got solid football IQ. Like the hustle's great, but I think he also understands situationally what he is and what he isn't. At least he's doing it more so now, mm-hmm. which I think is really good news. Yeah, if you can ever get a push pull on this guy. That'll be dangerous. I'm not sure you will, just because... doesn't get his hips slow enough, yep. But be able to work the long arm, work the ball rush, compromise pocket integrity, and get your hands up when you're not going to arrive. That'll play for a long
1: time. Yeah. yeah, no, he's he's gonna be a good player. He really is. And like you said, how, how old is he? Is he 23 or 24 yet? But like he actually,
0: I, he was 24 this past season. Okay,
1: yep. Okay, and then that's the thing is is defenders. We we've gotten spoiled a little bit with some of these younger guys, the Bo- Nick Boses of the world and Chase Youngs of the world. Right. It used to be year two, you would really expect if edge guys kind of click like we're going to go like okay this is what you're going to be Mm -hmm. so year two montez looked a little better so it's like okay i i can see the path of what he's going to do for the rest
0: of his career Speaking of which, Nick Bosa, with 18 games played instead of 34, 31 games played, is fifth on the list from the 2019 draft in QB hits with
1: 26. So, sorry, Nick, Bosa. <laughs> Nick Bosa's absurd. We've we already, like, forgot about him, too. Like, we were doing mm-hmm. some of our stuff, and I was just like, hey, remember this guy named Nick Bosa? <laughs> yeah.
0: Good, <laughs> Integral to the Niners Super Bowl run as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you remember yeah. that
1: guy? He was pretty good. Um I go to the next one?
0: Yes, next guy that's here, Nick. Before we go on to mine and Nate's next selections, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action as baseball season is now in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbooks. Experts use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, at betonline.ag.
1: Okay, so next one, and I mentioned Montez Sweat had a body like a tight end, so I'll talk about a tight end here. Is uh, Noah Fant and I tight end? To, yeah, tight end for the Broncos. Um, was a fan of Fant. Uh, just even I, I wasn't doing much scouting at this point in time in my life, but then as the season came on, I kind of kept, kept tabs on a couple of rookies, and he really came along. What really I loved about him, I think we all know his athletic ability, is his want to in the run game and want to to block. Um, some of his technique would be lacking where you know he, it looked like he he had done it but he's it wasn't really what his bread and butter was and as he's gotten stronger and this past year's techniques gotten better he's becoming like a legit plus blocker and then mm-hmm. and that's on top of the athletic ability that he has he still needs to work on his route running and stuff like he, he still needs polish and technique and stuff like that but he is if you can picture johnny smith but bigger and better that's kind of what Noah fans becoming and it's really <laughs> it's really exciting i think i think the one uh watching him especially in the second half of this year is just that he is he is going to be a dynamic player in the past game because he just has a good understanding for routes he's strong he keeps his feet one one thing i've learned from my dad this is more uh, uh to offense alignment but you can really see the athletic ability for an offensive lineman or a blocker. So I'll say here for a tight end is whether they can keep their feet when they're blocking, but you know they don't fall on the ground mm-hmm. a whole bunch of times. That's that that natural balance of core strength and you know hip flexibility and all those types of things. Noah fan has that, and that's really cool. And he's strong. He, he brings the uh, the dynamic pass game stuff, and I just really think he's going to ascend this next year. Tight ends take a while to to to, to really click. It's a hard position to learn. Right. And I think that's what – I see it already. I think he's just going to take a next step. And hopefully they can find somebody that can give him the ball. I think if he's going to be with Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater, it's going to be great because he'll – Teddy likes to throw right. it. Right. Speed it out, <laughs> baby. Quick curl. Here we, Here we go. Here we go. And it's going to be good. So I really think Noah fans going to be a really, really good player that's going to send. And uh, mm-hmm. also just another thing is the one weakness I did have with him is he does have some drops to his body, which I, I see sometimes happen. Yeah. And it's almost like he fights the ball over the middle because he's ready to drop step and do the next thing. But it's really cool. I know the tight end coach there. Um, His name's Wade Harmon. Known him for a few years, but he's one of the best tight end coaches I've ever been around. And and it's just so I know he's going to maximize what he's got. I'm not like so. And it's really cool to see him already kind of like taking these next couple steps. And I do think this next year, we're going to be expecting Judy to do well. Cortland Sutton's a hell of a player. But I really think Noah Fant is going to be the one that's going to surprise everybody. And actually, it's going to be funny because the AFC West is just going to be stacked with tight ends now. <laughs> Every Everybody's thing. got one Everyone's horse. Got one. Everyone's, got one.
0: Everyone's got one horse on that Broncos team that they think is going to be the guy, right? Really? Like this like, this, this one's going to be one to surprise, right? You get your Judy's, get your KJ Hamler stand. Okay. I, lo- I love Tim Patrick so much. I He's just a good acknowledge. Player. Yeah, he is. He- you really hope they don't get. Tunnel vision on draft capital, and they let him like because everybody else has a lot more investment. Man, he
1: is a useful player. That Tim Patrick, like he does some, he does some dirty work stuff for him, and it like Mm -hmm. it helps. It really helps. Like, yeah, he's a good player,
0: man. Patrick to me is is fun. Teach tape on like body control and concentration in the air because he's not like super big gadgety arm guy. You know what I mean? And so when you watch it, you're like, how is he making these catches? And you're like, oh, because he's got really just good knack for timing, good knack for space, and he controls the body in the air. And yep. so like that that trait is so important. Yes. Um, this is not a Tim Patrick podcast. I do <laughs> want to ask this because I, uh, I'm i a draft guy, so I say 25 times a year, tight ends take a long time to come along. Yeah. I don't know why, but I say it, because I know it's true, right? And so for you, from a coaching perspective, you, I, you, you mentioned there quickly, it's just a tough position to learn. There's a lot that goes on. Mm-hmm. Why? So tight ends take a long time to come along. In general, bucket question, why is that the case?
1: Um, First, you have to be kind of physically strong enough to hold up against NFL DNs Mm -hmm. and edges, you know, to be blocking and doing all that stuff. But second is you're just asked to do so much more. You have to know protections. You have to know every type of run because now they're not going to hide you as much sometimes in the nfl like you just kind of have to do what you have to do like at the college level they'll just split you out or they'll do a Y off thing where you just run a uh you know zone you know split block split zone and so you got like a better and more advantageous angle some of this stuff i don't want to so
0: like in college i I don't want to cut you off but like in college you're probably not doing as much tendency as much defensive game planning whatever and so you can do that and you get away with it if you try to do that in the nfl defense would be like all right they split them out it's x y or z is correct. that it correct right? okay
1: it's just they're too good as much as i like all of us including myself make fun of nfl coaches it's like some of the stuff right. they do have figured out pretty well um but it's it's so you got all those things and also just protections because they'll be asked to do a lot more protection wise especially on base downs um and just holding up with that you know even just pass setting that was one of the things that kyle pitts was like Oh, you did it a couple times. That was actually kind of cool to see. Like seeing Mm -hmm. a college tight end actually have to pass that a couple times. That was pretty cool. But you just have to do a lot. I think that's more what it is. As opposed to just being good. Hey, let's get you really good at this. It's like you have to do seven of those things and become really good at all of them. Or Mm -hmm. good at all of them. Or at least adequate so that we don't have to take you off the field and hide you. To be like a real top tier tight end and worthy of a first round pick is that you can't be hidden anymore. Like you can't. Right. You can't have certain blocks. You can't be on the back side of some stuff. You can't on, on all our pass plays. We just have a che- you as on a check down. Or are you on pass plays you're only running vertical stuff. It's that you have to do, just do a little bit of everything. You have to run an over route. And on the next play, you have to run a stick route. So basically, mm-hmm. you're running two different types of slot routes, but you're the tight end. And then on the next play, you have to block down on a D end. And on the next play, right. you have to split block on a D end. And on the next play, you're catching a screen. It's just that... You have to do everything, <laughs> and so I think a lot of those guys once they get to the NFL, they also go, "Holy crap! I just figured out the pass routes. Now I have to figure out the now I have to figure out the run game, and now I have to, and I'm not like taking off the field every time we run. Like, yeah, and I think that's just what it is. It's just that a lot gets put on their plate, and I think NFL coaches just try to see how much you can handle, and not a lot of guys can handle everything. But it's really cool when you see a guy like Noah Fant that it's like you see the light bulbs going off. Especially like for for him, I could see the light bulbs going off for blocking because his eyes were always going to the right way or right spot, which is like really cool to see.
0: Right. So I was going to ask, right, when you're then get a a tight end in year one, a Mm -hmm. tight end in year two, and you're trying to check in on that arc and think to yourself, all right, he's going the right direction. Is that what you're looking for? Like, all right, eyes are going to the right spot. It's just the body's not there or it's okay he was right in this instance and he clearly has the body for this. It's just, he's not doing it consistently enough. Like when you're checking in on that, that development, are you just looking for the flashes and and assuming it's going to get better? That's exactly
1: it. You're one. It was want to and eyes is is he okay. trying to block or is he just trying right, yeah or is he kind that of that was getting, always
0: the thing with fan like he came out with and it was like Hawkinson's a better blocker it's like yeah, yeah but fan's not bad and he's trying really hard it's yeah. just Hawkinson's built like a farm boy kinda is it yeah and,
1: and fans filled out already like he looks like he's mm-hmm. put on 10 12 pounds like you can tell he's already built out but yeah and eyes is the other thing um and sometimes you don't even have to know the run scheme or the pass scheme to really know that uh but it, it does help um but it but a lot of times, like you'll just see the snap of the ball, maybe a late get off. Like all of a sudden, the ball snapped, and you see him kind of go. Uh. I actually—that's something I, I took from Wade Harmon. Was that when he scouts tight ends, is that he looks for get off, just like a, he goes, just like an edge player. Because I that's want to cool. see how smart they are at the snap of the ball, and they're going to the right spot because they are right. actually moving pieces. And that's something he took, and I could see it with Noah Fan. He s- fires off the ball, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. So it, that it's confidence in knowing what you're doing mentally. Um, So when I say good eyes, that's usually what it is. Is is it that hesitation where they take the first step and they go, uh, okay, I think I have this linebacker. That's a little scary. Fans always, I would say 95% of the time, it looks like he's going to the right guy and he's trying. And then obviously year two, after checking on year one, year two, he was finishing those blocks. He wasn't getting pushed off. He was actually like being a plus blocker as opposed to just a shield guy, which is really cool to see. And then we already know about his explosive ability in the past game.
0: Yeah. All right, that, that that was mostly. I was hoping, I was happy you brought up Fant because I wanted to ask the how to tight ends develop Perfect. question. And yeah. Right. Whatever. Uh, real quick, his buddy Hawkinson, who also was like a weirdly debated guy. How are we feeling about him in terms of the first couple years for TJ in Detroit? Because I know they have high expectations for him in year three. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I, I think, I think Hawkinson's blocking has kind of gotten a little overrated. I guess okay. a little bit. Um. Yeah. But I think more Hawkinson is just going to be more. I think his ceiling is already is closer than what, what fans is. And I know that's classic kind of what they came out to, but like Hawkinson mm-hmm. might end up more like an Austin Hooper type where it's like, okay. he, he's a good, good player, but not maybe that star mm-hmm. level player. That's what yeah. how I see him. Um, also Detroit though. That's the thing. When you watch the lions, is there such a shit show that, that it's, it's like, it's a lot of it's those times difficult. You, it's really hard because you're just like, man, I don't want to throw this guy out because he still might have something. Like, you know, you never know with what's going on there. So that's, I don't want to ding Hawkinson too much, but I think right. with, with him and I, I, know our friend Bryce Rossler like, likes to go in on Hawkinson a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but it's, I, I think with him a little bit is just he, he's nearer to his ceiling than we expect. But I do think is that's a very good ceiling to have. I think Fant has that extra half notch of athletic ability sure. and, and dynamicism with the ball uh-huh. in his hands. I think Hawkinson is, is going to be like a good, solid player across the board. But I, yeah. I was it was cool to see this past year that was he became a little more consistent. Also, being healthy helps a ton mm-hmm. as opposed to his rookie right. year where he was banged up a little bit. Yeah, and I think new
0: offense and new blood will probably also yeah. yeah. New opportunities, you know, kind of refresh they're,
1: what, they're, um, what I think they're trying to do there with Anthony Lynn and, and Dan Campbell and everything is I, I think he's gonna be a better fit for that. I cool. think he the tougher the tougher the offense mm-hmm. and more physical the offense, Hawkinson's gonna send. The more he can look like Iowa basically. Yeah, right. The better he yeah. will look.
0: <laughs> I like that you dropped the Austin Hooper names. I was just writing about tight end contracts and yeah. I had to find a nice way to say Austin Hooper got ten million per year but maybe shouldn't no. have gotten $10 for per year. No. Uh, but shout out Austin Hooper for breaking that barrier. Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, they owe you tons of money. Absolutely. Uh, big ups, Austin Hooper. <laughs> okay. Uh, my next guy is actually like half I want to, you know, beat my chest and be like, haha, I win. Other half I want to check in with you and kind of see where we're at because I've always been a Jerome Baker fan. I've liked what he's done in Miami, especially under Brian Flores, uh, as they're kind of do-it-all jackknife linebacker whatever i did not expect a three-year 39 million (laughs) dollar extension uh which that is healthy 13 million per year is the seventh highest linebacker contract now currently in the league so he's behind bobby wagner and miles jack which feels great and then he's also behind cj mosley zach cunningham Deion jones and jack thompson which doesn't feel as good yeah uh because sometimes these really big linebacker extensions don't look great. And linebacker play, I think, can generally be a little bit mercurial. Um, I really like about Baker. We talked about this a little bit with the safeties coming down from depth. You have to have a way to beat a block if you're going to play undersized. Baker definitely plays undersized. You know, Miami has reported that he's been above 230. I look at him, and I don't necessarily see that. I know the combine, he was 220-something. Uh, so he definitely plays lighter. And when you think about a Flores off-ball linebacker, you're usually thinking about density. Baker doesn't have that. I should say. I should say a Patriots off-ball linebacker. Uh, Baker doesn't have that. However, he's slippery. He, he always has been. And they play him on the defensive line a lot because he's quick and he's got a knack for space. And so they blitz him a fair bit. Usually, when you blitz a guy, it's okay. You're trying to hide him when he's in coverage. When Baker drops in zone, he knows what he's doing. Uh, he's, he's 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 since Ohio State, he's had good eyes, and they translated to the league. He's got a great sense for how routes are going to develop. He occupies throwing lanes well man coverage he's improved over the last couple of years again it's he has to know his solutions to his lack of density and so when a, a tight end comes right at him he knows he's at a disadvantage he knows he's gonna have to try to undercut that route and play a little bit high risk high reward so he is a limited player but he understands his limits well and then he's used appropriately in the system and so he does a lot for them i i, I had a tweet last year where i basically said it's just a, he's just a, a skeleton key for them he's not I wouldn't call him an elite blitzer or an elite cover man, but he can really hide tendency. He can line up on the outside. He can line up in the A-gap and be a legitimate blitzer. He can zone a man drop. He's going to solve problems, and he's not a liability against the run. So you can play him on first and 10 and have his good passing down value and still expect him to be able to get to the right side of a guard, put his shoulder in his belly, hold his ground enough that you're able to, to fill the run. And so Jerome Baker's just a, a, a quality player. So one, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Jerome Baker. And two... Thirty-nine million dollars is too much, right? This is not. We shouldn't have done this, maybe. Because now I'm worried that my Jerome Baker love is going to think people think I'm into this contract, and I'm okay with it. But it seems like uh, maybe a little bit hefty.
1: Thankfully, it's these years coming up, as opposed to maybe when he's already 29 or something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's a one caveat. That's pretty good about it. Oh um, uh, no, Jerome Baker, and that, that's such a good point. What you're saying, it's he's so different from typical Patriot. Inside right. linebackers, those guys are usually the, <laughs>
0: what? Yeah, those guys are crazy. usually the
1: head hunting, head hunting. Like you know, they're ready to saw everybody off. Like they're just so right. just big thumpers. You know that mm-hmm. that's the one thing that is so atypical with what the Patriots have done in the past. I know it's, it's the Dolphins, but uh, the past decade plus is that as everyone's getting smaller and speedier, Belichick still gets his his pluggers, uh, his outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. He loves his two hundred seventy five, two hundred eighty pound outside linebackers. his big. His big blockhead uh, inside guy. But I think with, with Baker is that was such a good point when you said they blitz them because they love all those cover zero looks and they love the, mm-hmm. the the faint looks, you know, the 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 bluff looks, I should say. And having a guy that's heady like Baker and, like you said, he has a good spatial awareness, that stuff requires a lot of spatial awareness or requires you to have to be really well coached or the guy just understands how concepts work. Like just understands how this guy goes in, this guy goes out, et cetera, et cetera. Baker always kind of shows that, like he's putting his head to the right spot if he bluffs back out, or yep. if he is he's getting his hands to the right place, I guess is another way mm-hmm. to say it too. And but also the athletic ability which is such a good point too, is they'll add on blitzers and the guy blocks, that guy will, then that guy will come on the right. pressure. The faster and smaller you are, the usually the better you he's are at that. Quick is a wink, dude. Yeah. He chooses to go, he goes. It goes. And when they have those fast triggers, that's a pain in the ass for the offense. We mm-hmm. we've talked about it before. That's what, like, Devin White in Tampa is he gets all the sacks because he just adds on. And, and so oh, the,
0: Nate Tice complaining about protection now coming out offensive line. Oh, they shouldn't I be have, able to come if they don't come in first. It's oh, annoying. There. It's very <laughs> annoying because,
1: because what do you tell the running back? Hang in there. And you're like, you want to get him on the route. But actually, actually, a lot of those times, and actually, if, if you watch that Falcons, uh, uh, Bucks game is that the Falcons running back, Gurley or whoever, you know, Smith, a couple times, it was like they would take too long to get out of their their protection check and it would be like obvious looks where the pressure wasn't coming so it's like you could single-handedly it it would be really frustrating to be their offensive line coach because it's just like just go just go there's no blitz look just run your route and get out of the box because what would happen was like girly or something would glance and they would check they would check and then they release and then white isn't He's a great player, but he's not the most heady guy. And I'll just yep. openly say it. He does not really read the game I've, very I've, well.
0: <laughs> Trevor, who's a Bucks fan, and I have debated Devin White in this podcast for two-plus years. So, okay. trust me, this is a familiar conversation I figured, for I figured, very yeah, good yeah. player.
1: Don't get me wrong, but he is yep. not – his football IQ isn't – very, very high. So he, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden he'll see those guys blocking and he's like, Oh, that guy's blocking, even though the guy's running on the route already. And he'll just add yeah, on yeah. the blitz and get a blitz. But it's funny. But if you get a really athletic linebacker that could do that, and uh, Baker mm-hmm. is a little, I'd say a little more heady than that. He's not going to run a 4 3 8. Yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what same, same type of uh, cut from the same cloth kind of thing. But no, I, I really like Baker. I, I've liked what the Dolphins have just been doing in the sense of. Right. Um, I like their DBs. I like what they do back there. Just defensively, they're well-coached. So it's kind of cool to see a guy like this kind of get unlocked a little bit by scheme. And uh, let him do – because he's. It, it, that's kind of like the gist of him. He's a versatile player that can kind of just do mm-hmm. a little bit of everything. And that's, an, that's a defense that requires their personnel to be very versatile.
0: Right. That's the thing is if you're going to be a heavy zone blitz team, you've got, or not, I shouldn't say zone blitz in case the Dolphins, yeah, you're going to blitz pressure team, a pressure team. (laughs) You've got to have skeleton keys. You've got to have guys who can disguise tendency, right? And so with Kansas City, that player becomes Teron Matthew. And with uh, Tampa Bay, that player becomes uh, Lamonte David and a little bit of of Antoine Winfield Jr. this past year as well. With Miami, to me, who they've got good safeties, you know, uh, Eric Rowe plays very well, but to me, that player is Jerome Baker. And so, he's more than the sum of his parts a little bit right where it's like all right this is who he is as a player but what he means to the team is he makes the Emmanuel Ogba rushes a little bit easier and he makes the the third safety nickel blitz a little bit easier and the point you bring up of when you blitz linebackers a lot it screws with your running back check release timing is cool and it's one I haven't thought about a lot because usually when I see linebackers with high sacks I'm like this doesn't count this is stupid Devin White just blitzes a lot it's not even real but if it takes away your run if it takes away the timing of that running back who's got a check and he's really got to check and he's really got to make sure and now he's going to go or and and he can't be too early and he can't be too late getting rid of that check down or making it more difficult is the extra quarter of a second that the edge needs the extra quarter of a second that the linebacker needs like that i never thought about how much that timing probably gets emphasized to that running back in the week preparing for a team like a tampa bay or a miami
1: absolutely it's just something that's why the protection stuff i i just have so much fun with too because it's so cool when you see when you see teams that are really good at it and then mm-hmm. because you watch a team that's bad at it and then you watch a couple teams that are good at it and you're just like oh that's so cool because it's just like anything that's well coached it's like a good blitz or it's a good run scheme right. or it's a good pass scheme it's just like it's just another thing it's just not as sexy
0: <laughs> i'm working i'm working on protections this summer and i hope to get to the point where i think the good stuff is sexy i'm gonna get there <laughs> and i'm gonna be excited by it all right last one for nate tice uh oh, man. the completely arbitrary we just want to talk about these players drafts which we go too long talking about them so now we can only pick three each ready go (laughs) Real quick, I want to talk to you guys about Bilt Bar, one of mine and Trevor's favorite sponsors of the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Bilt Bar is a great, healthy option for you as you look to reimagine your diet, maybe put some more muscle on. I know that I, myself, am trying to work on my summer bod now post-pandemic, and Bilt Bar is a big part of that. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, but only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. There are nine different flavors. I know Mint Brownie and Peanut Butter Brownie are the ones I usually get. There's also Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel raspberry cherry, coconut almond, and plain old coconut, which I'll be honest, I don't like coconut. But the other ones are really good. Uh, As we've been telling you, you guys should try out Built Bar. Great for your diet. Great for building out that summer bod. Check out Built Bar at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. And of course, another one of our favorite sponsors here on the podcast, RockAuto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business and serves auto part customers online for 20 plus years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They're going to have pretty much everything. (laughs) Engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for a classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Delivered directly to your door. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliable. Reliably low, and they're going to be the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You should go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in the how do you hear about us section so that they know that we sent you, right locked on in their how did you hear about us?" section so that they know that we were the ones who sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you will ever need at rockauto.com.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna try, I'm gonna go non for uh, non first rounder because I I'll just give my honorable mention to a couple of jets, mm-hmm. Quinn Williams and Makai Beckham. I playing, Williams is yeah. Williams' top five pick and Makai Becton's top ten pick. I'm not going crazy there, but I think both of those are both guys are studs and they're really good players. Um another one honorable mention is AJ Terrell, but I'm gonna get my 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 third round pick here. And I, I'm gonna butcher his name. I call him Mama Duke, but Justin uh, Madabuki. Matibudu- Madabuki. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is a guy that it's so funny. I would even I inadvertently studied him. I think that's the best way to put it. Right. Um, I he popped last year when I when the Ravens at the end of the year when I was watching some playoff games against the Titans. He he popped a lot. Like he had a couple of really nice plays there. So it was one of those guys. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get some. You know internet dopamine do some breakdown of them and i totally forgot to ever do it <laughs> and then <laughs> and so i had some clips saved so i re-watched them a little bit in this past couple weeks i watched them more and he's out of texas a he's an inside uh he kind of how the ravens are you know he's kind of dn d tackle-ish but yeah. what he's done what he's doing is he is he has a lot stronger hands than i ever thought he would be with how he's built um he had a couple really nice pass uh, pass rep Pass rush clips against White Teller of the Browns. That was really cool. But he also is just he—he's getting in the backfield, and he—he's a great. He's not just a snap jumper, where it's just like he's cheating a little bit and just get bending mm-hmm. and getting in there. It's even at the snap, he is—he's playing with good hand usage. He has good balance, um, which is really nice to see from a defensive lineman. He doesn't get bounced off when he's getting double teamed or taking something from the side. Um, so he's already got a couple of nice things that are really hard to teach. And he was productive and he only played about a quarter of their total snaps last year. He was hurt a couple times, kind of rotated a little bit. So really you're only focusing on really the last four to five weeks of the season with him. And on, in those four to five weeks, you can just really see a dynamic player ascending. Um, it, is he ever going to be a star? Maybe, maybe not. But what other podcast am I going to get to talk about? My guy, Justin some mom. Right. Um, so, uh, so that's why I'm going to call him for the rest of the time. It's just so hard for me. It's like, that's what I called him when I first saw his name. What did you
0: call What did you used to call David Battiari?
1: Oh, uh, Dothraki. Dothraki, right? That's what it is. David Bakhtiari. Yeah. So it was David and and then he looks like <laughs> yeah. it. It was <laughs> Perfect. close enough. Yeah. And, and I know it was just one of those things. It's so hard for me once I get these names in my head, and I'm just like, that's what he is. Rest, like, right. Until I meet the guy, and I'll be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, I'm going to learn your name. But maybe he gets so good that he, he, I have to learn his name. And then it's one of those things like, you know, Yannick and Gokwe. Like you start learning these guys' right. names. eventually, <laughs> <You start laughs> Eventually, pronunciation learning. forces itself on, on just You just all of a sudden know him uh, overnight. But I just think this guy, uh, he might not be end up being that star level player, but I do think this is a guy that we're going to talk about. He Mm -hmm. might be one of those internet nerds favorite types of players, but it's just another mid round Ravens guy. I mean, that is just the best way to put it. He is he perfect? No, he plays a little high sometimes. Um, he almost is, he's got a weird kind of body for a D lineman. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe 100%. It's it's like a, it's like a box almost, but not really. I don't know. Like he's like, he's got the big guy and it's like skinny little hips. It's, it's a weird body, but. Just a good player. Just a good football player, and it makes sense that the Ravens have him. Um, And this would be – I didn't want to be another first-rounder. So this is is a middle-round guy that I think is going to really step up, especially if he plays a whole healthy year.
0: Yeah, no, I have a, uh October 28 tweet, which again, this entire podcast is just talking about stuff we know before other yeah. people, um, <laughs> where it's rookies who I think deserve to play more snaps in the back half of the season, and Justin Matabuki is the second name I put after Devin DuVernay, also of the Ravens, right? Love Devin DuVernay, too. <laughs> yeah, and when Matabuki, I remember when we watched him on the show, and I remember talking about him, and to the point that you were talking about his game, I remember saying, he just wins gaps. Yeah. Sometimes it's hands, sometimes it's balance, sometimes first step, just... What's what's my gap? Copy that. I got it. It's no problem. Run game, I'm gonna, you know, yeah. one yard of depth and maintain. Pass the game, I'm upfield. But he's got enough tools in the toolbox in a variety of ways to win that gap. And if you right, if you watch how they used Derek Wolf to start the season and who they wanted Wolf to be, and yeah. you know, good player. Yeah. And Matabuki starts playing those snaps and those alignments, and then right, as you talked about the back half of the season, all of a sudden you see ninety five a lot less. Yeah. Uh, you am starting to see Justin Matabuki a lot more. I think he was ninety three. Um, he is Right, that that clear ascending player who all right, we're draft him to replace Derek Wolf. When Wolf gets a little bit older, his contract expires next year, and then all of a sudden you're sitting down week ten, you're like
1: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <A> <laughs> Might have to have this, conversa- <laughs> Might yeah. have this conversation a little earlier than we thought with Derek. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's just some players got a knack, and he's just got a knack. He's yeah. just really, really good in tight areas. Even
1: yeah. when I was describing him, I was trying to like, I, I, I even was kind of, I have a couple notes, but I was like, man, you know how how to describe he wins? He just wins. Right. Like, it's just the just, one
0: it's... thing that the one thing for me has always been the balance. That's the thing where I'm like, yep. All right, he can hang his hat on that. Like, yep. he's able to build a wide base, but even when he gets crossed up a little bit or he's in the track he's always able to kind of keep his feet he's able to maintain leverage and he can get involved in a play all right if he's getting half a paw on a running back as he goes through well that slows him up all right yep. he gets enough of a, a defense an offensive guard to put his body into a gap to make it too narrow like yep. he just is able to stay upright and able to work through the trash yep. and you brought up how like he's going to be a football nerd guy we all always end up loving interior defensive linemen because they do so much little stuff yep. and he's 100 a little stuff guy to me like he just he does all that 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 unnoticeable non-box score work that just helps make a defense especially one like the Ravens where sometimes Wink Martindale's like ah run fit integrity screw I don't care like that player becomes really important at that time
1: and he's he's what they kind of the typical old school term is just he's a winning football player it's just that he might not be your star but he might be you need a lot of these guys to be a good team and like that's what he is he might never end up being better than your third best front seven guy. But it's like, that's the thing is he, he's your third best front seven guy. That's a winning team. Um, and yeah. that's, yeah, that's, he, he's oh God. that's such, it's such a good point though. Like you said, he just affects a lot of plays and it just, that's positive plays add up. They just do over time.
0: All right. I've got my last guy then. And this, I'm actually doing another Washington football team guy, third round pick from last year. And this is me trying to, to clear my name actually in this instance. Uh, When Antonio Gibson, the running back, was named out of camp kind of a clear starter and they cut Adrian Peterson, I remember saying, okay, guy had like 33 carries in college. He's a great athlete. We picked him early, and that's great. But he just is not used to being in the backfield and reading what's in front of him. So it's okay if this is going to be a bit of a long arc. And then he had a really productive first couple of games. And Washington fans were like, you're an idiot. And you, if you watch those games early in the season, he doesn't know what he's looking at. All right? Like He's not hes not set up blocks. And he's not not hitting this, the right gaps. And sometimes he's just being, he's you know. He's He was yeah, an athlete. He's 6'1", 220 <laughs> with unbelievable explosion and great uh, uh, fluidity, great hit mobility. Right? Which for a guy that dense to be able to like, get low and play at angles is just annoying. And so you're like, all right. Yes, he was more productive than I thought, but I still feel like I was kind of right or whatever. Uh, he still has to learn what he's looking at. Started to deal, uh, started to get more volume, dealt with the turf toe injury. Alex Smith becomes a quarterback, and all of a sudden, Alex Smith and JD McKissick are just, like best friends in the entire yeah. world. And JD McKissick's getting eight targets a game. It's like, well, you drafted this guy in the third round. He was basically a wide receiver in college. This is kind of weird. But as, uh, you know, especially those last couple of games where he was healthy, you started to see what it looks like for all three downs, and you started to see him. Okay, you know when he was in Memphis, every single time they were running GH counter, yep. just power or G counter every single rep. So you hit the B gap and either be a little bit faster or a little bit slower. Yep. Just you know, kind of that—that's going to be your rail. They started to give him, you know, he started to get more comfortable in zone locks and he understands that work front side to back side, and just the basics. That when you're a JUCO guy who comes into Memphis who's behind Daryl Henderson and behind Kenny Gainwell, and you're just a gadget player, you're not going to get those reps. You start to see it at the end of last season. He's going to walk into camp as the unquestioned number one running back again. Like, you know, he kind of got that role throughout, but it was a weird camp process last year. I'm pretty sure they don't have J.D. McGissick again, his great kryptonite and the thief of all his targets. Uh, Gibson's going to be such a high-volume player. I didn't want to do skill positions because usually there's, like, eight fantasy guys who are already in on every single skill position player, right? And, like, you don't want to talk about fresh positions to get outside the fantasy mold. But Gibson's just a player who... He needed experience to get the necessary tools to be a complete running back. Yeah. And even if he got that experience too early and there were roller coaster rides accordingly, he got it. He had those reps. He's taken those looks. And now you can tell he's more comfortable with it. It's going to mean that his his snap to snap consistency irons out. It's going to be less one-yard losses, two-yard losses. And even if those plays just become three-yard gains. Keeps you on the field, keeps your offense on schedule, and now you're taking more snaps to hit your explosives, to hit those screens, to get more targets out of the backfield. So Gibson, to me, is is clearly a player who maybe you wanted to have a longer developmental arc for him, but for whatever reason, went out there the first year, did some stuff as an athlete, clearly didn't know what he was doing. Like, pass protection is not a thing right no. now. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm i glad I got that in because you 100% would have brought it up because running back pass protection is your thing. Um <laughs> So, that, like, pass protection is probably still a year or two away, but in terms of being able to play all three downs, be a legit run and pass threat, year two, I think, is where we'll see the mental side of the game catch up to the physical, at least enough, such that he's a, a true threat. I think he's going to be one of the more high-volume players in the NFL.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's a guy that, when they took him, I, I didn't know much about running backs last year. I knew the big guys, the top, you know, three or four or five guys, and then, because I, I, I focused on receivers and quarterbacks last year for the mm-hmm. scouting process, but... With him, wow. it was kinda of, running I, it, game doesn't matter. Nate No, does. it doesn't. now I don't <laughs> now I circle back this whole next year and get back to watching running backs. But with him, it, it, watching that Memphis office especially, it's just so hard to translate with guys. Because I had to watch a lot of Gainwell, and that was some of the tape I used. It was twenty nineteen, right. so I got to kind of like retroactively scout him. And I could see all the hesitations everyone had. It was like this guy does not know how to play running back at all. Uh, but that's the thing, is he went Really, it's the best for his development is to go with what Washington had last year because their, their line—I mean, they weren't blocking anybody. Nobody was getting open. Nobody was really blocking. They were kind of like mm-hmm. just Scott Turner was kind of just throwing everything he could against the wall and hoping everything something worked. That's just what they had to do. I mean, do they, you
0: like that Scott Turner offense?
1: I actually do like there's I a do lo- too. There's i do too like more... kind of in a dirty way like yeah like, in a dirty... it's,
0: it's all super gadgety and kind of hokey but i like it
1: because he has to like that's the thing is right, yeah. like i at first that's exactly what i thought i was like oh man he's just kind of doing whatever but then i was like yeah look what he's got he's not gonna yeah, be able to line a lot, up and... there's a lot a lot a lot of chicken salad out of chicken mm, in that offense yeah exactly and so with that it was that okay now Antonio gibson's gonna be running behind maybe o-line and scheme that wasn't Pretty Like it was not easy to read. And so now it's like, okay, as that offense gets a little better, as they add more pieces around them, as that team just as a whole gets better, Ryan Fitzpatrick is just going to bring a little bit more to the table too passing wise, which should alleviate some of the box stress that they might have in the run game. So now Antonio Gibson's kind of, it's like he went through the hard stuff already. So now maybe in this next year or two is that you can actually see, okay, so now he's going to become more polished and patient. It's a lot easier to be more polished and patient when the whole line is actually blocking <laughs> as right. opposed to you having to make a play. With they the got guy a too.
0: lot of money in that offensive line now, man. I know. And
1: like in terms of picks and capital. They a better lot. play. Yeah, they better play. a right. <laughs> I know. They better play. They And shoot, I mean, I actually love they got Diamond Brown in the third round, which is like I thought it was a perfect fit yeah. for him. Um and that entire receiver core runs sub four four. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. All, all I, third rounders. They, you know. I hate it. It drives me nuts. <laughs> 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 and, and that's what it is. I know. So, but at least it's like, okay, so now the offense is getting tweaked a little bit better. So now it's gonna make Antonio just like it's gonna just alleviate some of the stress mm-hmm. that probably he had. So uh, yeah, no, I he's a hell of a player. Like you said, the the how thick he is, but how fluid he is, that's not normal. That's Undoing. not normal whatsoever. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it looks fake at times, so it's like Yes. You, 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 think, you think you're going to check his weight. It's going to be 207, 204, uh-huh. or something like that. And it's, what is it, 224 or something? It's 220-something. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's absurd.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, did not you, fair. If, so the legendary game for him coming out was SMU 2019. He had okay. a, a rushing touchdown, receiving touchdown, and a kick return touchdown. Uh, so like that's obviously going to get people pumped. The kick return touchdown is so dumb because he... He, like, as, as is often the case on a, on a kick return touchdown, he finds one alley and then it's a foot race. Yeah. But for him to, to take the angle he does and get up to top speed, I must have watched it 15 times where I'm just like, hold, this guy's 220. He is flying and the entire smu coverage team is like there's nothing there's not there's no way he's moving this quick that was like an eye-popping play the guy that's
1: supposed to be the safety is like seven yards behind like (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. not
0: even close that's
1: the thing is we forget weight with some of these guys so it's so easy to when you just watch guy after guy after guy and then all of a sudden you start seeing some guy move different at and you check their weight, it's 228, right. and you're like, man, I should note that. <laughs> yeah. This guy's well, running always, just as fast as the 202 guy. Maybe I like the two—I right. a speed score and all that, but it's like you sometimes just forget. Even a receiver, sometimes this happens mm-hmm.
0: too. Well, I always like to, to say this, and I especially reference it in Nick Chubb. As a defender, especially at the NFL level, when you've been doing this so long and you see a particular body type, you expect certain things. Yep. And so when you look at Nick Chubb coming at you in the hole, you're like, "I'm about to get bowled over." Let me stop my feet and drop my hips, and then all of a sudden, Nick Chubb is three yards Cutting. that way, yep. right? You like if that guy looked like you know Alvin Kamara, maybe like you yep. know McCaffrey, like even that guys who are still like 200 plus, but like okay, are a little bit smaller and just have a, a more clearly slight body type. Yep. You're like more ready for that and obviously those guys it's known how the rushing is but you know if you talk about like second like third level backs like miles sanders that's what you expect when you see him visually a guy like gibson who just he doesn't really truck people but as a defender when you're in the the split seconds of nfl play and you sit down in the hole and you see that bowling ball you you your your instincts which have been taught over (laughs) thousands of reps are like here we go and it's not the case and so whenever guys have that unique movement ability for their body types or have unique tackle breaking ability for being slight players it really stands out because defenders have to remember how to address you and they can't do it off of instinct
1: and that's a split second that ends up mattering well that that's actually uh, robert and i have talked on our podcast was he he was asking he was like why even if they know that it's going to be maybe a play action that look looks nothing like the runs like why why do defenses still come up? Like, why are they still coming up? And I said, it was, we we're talking about the Titans at the time. I said, probably because that nickel mm-hmm. remembers the last time that he didn't come up that he took Derrick Henry's knee to his chin and he didn't like right. that. And it's like, yeah. there's the human element to this game. Like that's where uh, we, we we forget. It's hard sometimes, but there is a human element. It's hard sometimes to be a safety or even a quarterback or something. And you're like, i know i know this i know that like every time they're in this look that they're this is going to happen but guess what right stuff changes (laughs) it's like because you are pro you're (laughs) habituated you've seen it so
0: many times yeah and so that you you know when you talk about play action fakes and and uh, and similar things you have to be able to break what you're habituated as as a defender which is hard (laughs) any human knows breaking a habit is hard especially at that level yeah um all right, I promised Nate 30 to 40 minutes. We're 53 minutes in, so Perfect. that's lying. Um, <laughs> you brought up some honorable mentions. Any other names you want to just drop really quick? Before you oh, check? man,
1: I had Beckon, Terrell, yeah, Quentin Williams, just a couple, you know, big-name guys. I'm acting like they're all mine. Uh, but, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, other than that, uh, you know, John Allen. I, I guess I got to throw a mention out there. He's fun a lot older. Ooh, yeah, he's three little...
0: Washington football players. I, I know. And I have, I have Cole Holcomb on my list, yeah. who <sighs> is wicked good coverage linebacker. a defense. Should only play two downs but wicked good coverage linebacker. Um, <laughs> right, we have Brian Burns on our list. Brian Burns, Search always. at Nate Tice Burns. Search at <laughs> Ben Tulek Burns. Um, I had awesome. Mike Gesicki and Dallas Goddard down. Uh, Gesicki is a great example of... Right, like tight ends take forever. All right, we're in year three of Gasicki, and he finally figured out how to run the seam, and now it's ball game because so he's just gonna be a volleyball player in the seam.
1: I love it. I love how. Oh, uh, a couple of receivers I have, you know, uh, Russell Gage, who I know we both watched, but I, yeah, yeah Russell Gage was fun. I actually liked him so much more than I thought I would. Yeah, right. I thought I thought it was just he was just gonna be force fed stuff, but it was like no, this dude exactly winning, winning and yeah, in like his a little slot.
0: bit like oh, wide receiver screen, whatever, whatever. because yep. He's a special teams guy, but yeah, no, third and five, we need a win. Go beat the nickel core. Runner.
1: yep or in the, they're designing plays for him in the low red zone i was like okay cool yeah. that's pretty pretty good way to go russell gage uh a couple other other receivers i like t higgins denzel mims i'm a sucker for big ball winners big uh, denzel mims guy yeah i'm a big denzel mims guy yeah i and i watching him he he had bad he had two bad hammies last year which is never mm-hmm. fun so watching him at the end of last year when he looked fairly healthy it was like okay okay i think he, he has a chance. Mm-hmm. Like it, I just don't want to put my flag on him yet, but it's like, I do think, and being with Zach Wilson, who's going to throw a lot of 50-50 balls out there, exactly, it's perfect synergy. So I think he's going to send, and T. Higgins is a lot better than people realize already. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and that, and that, some of that stat chasing, but really he's he's a good player too. Uh, but those guys I'm really excited to see in this next year.
0: Yep, I had Cam Sutton as well as going to start in the nickel for the, the Steelers, who's been really good when he's been asked to cover. Yep. Now there's no more Mike Hilton. Um, and then I had Carlton Davis, which I was only going to do Carlton because uh, you and Robert had the conversation about how it's it's difficult to find elite corners, right? It's just, it's not as big of a thing. And if I were to argue for anybody who's going to jump into that tier, Carlton, man, like I thought he was good. And then yeah. I watched film and I'm like, holy Moses, like it's, in terms of dominant press guys right now, like just straight dominant press, Carlton's right there.
1: And that's why, and that's why I think AJ Terrell, like that's a guy that, am I saying it's, mm-hmm. it's Terrell, right? It, it, yeah, it's yeah. Terrell. Okay. With him, it was he got burned a couple times uh, early in the year and struck corners so freaking hard. It's the other in quarterback, maybe O line. I think corners the hardest position for a rookie. Uh, it, okay, it's just it's. I mean, you can count on your hand how many. Uh, impact rookie corners there have been in probably a decade. I mean, yeah. like, it's been Marshawn Lattimore. And then what happened to Marshawn Lattimore? Yeah. Fell off a cliff. It just, yeah. It all best then, season. Yeah. And then like Jalen Ramsey was like good as a rookie or above average, where it was like, you could play mm-hmm. him as opposed like, you're like comfortable right, yeah, with yeah, yeah, him yeah. starting. And that was like, Oh my God, you got a, like a decent starter as a correct, rookie. Correct. Like that's, that's how hard corner is. That's how I, I, I've, I think I've said it to you before, but I said on our show as well, is that when we're scouting these guys, sec corners are like, Oh, they're NFL corners. What I say is, no, NFL corners are NFL corners. Yeah. Those are SEC Davis is a perfect
0: example. Davis was dominant in press at Auburn, came into Tampa Bay, got absolutely waxed. And now, two, three years later, dominant
1: press corner. But you've got to let him go on the arc. They have to yeah. take – they just take their licks. It just – it is what mm-hmm. it is. And that's what A.J. Terrell has gone through. And, like, the last three, four weeks, basically Chiefs game onwards, which I think was, like, week 13 or 14, after that, it was like, oh, wow, you – He just has that body movement with that size. Like, you know, it doesn't have the longest arms, but he has decent arm light. But just like there's – it's a nice complete package and he has good eyes and like good ball ball awareness and ball – like ability to adjust to the ball in the air and get some PBUs and stuff like that. It's like, all right, it's – there's some traits there that it's like I think – maybe not this year, but I think he'll be a good player this year. But I think maybe year three, it's like – or the end of this year, like we'll really see him ascend. Yeah.
0: Turns out getting just absolutely murdered by Jamar Chase is not a death knell. It's See, sometimes not. you just face good players it at happens. the college level. And you got you to gotta take your pills as they come. Nate, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. This was pretty much exactly how I envisioned it would be. Uh, a, a ton of fun for me and you. Hopefully a ton of fun for everybody listening as well. <laughs> uh, excited to circle back and find... 30-second snippets to put, hopefully, on the timeline in a few months from now. Uh Follow at Nate Tice on Twitter. Our next podcast here is coming out on Wednesday. I'll be bringing on some of the uh, the uh Draft Network guys to talk about early 2022 draft takes, which will be a ton of fun. Uh Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay locked on. I forget what Trevor says at the end of the podcast.